lot of times people hear the word brand and they start thinking about our logo, our color palette, our tagline, and those are important, but your brand is so much bigger than those. It's really that emotional and psychological relationship that you have with the outside world, the people that are interacting with you. Welcome to Rise and Stride, where we empower you to take your next step in an ever-changing business landscape. Here's your host, Denise LaDuke-Fremy, President and CEO of the California Society of CPAs. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rise and Stride. With me today is Katie Thomas. Katie Thomas, CPA, is a 40 under 40 CPA practice advisor recipient, top 500 women in accounting recipient, and the owner of Leaders Online, where they help accounting professionals and business to accountant professionals increase their impact, influence, and income through thought leadership and digital marketing, something we all need to know a lot about these days. So thank you so much, Katie, for joining us today. We know how busy you are. We appreciate your time. And um, maybe we can just get started. Does that sound good to you? That sounds great. Thanks for having me, Denise. Yeah, excellent. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. And, you know, we like to hear about people's career journeys all the time because they're usually very different and inspirational, as I'm sure yours is. So maybe tell us a little bit about what attracted you to become a CPA. That's always an interesting story. And then how you kind of launched your career in marketing space, because a lot of times we think, or I hear, oh, you're a CPA, you're not very creative. So it's just interesting to hear how you married kind of both of those different attributes into launching a business. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually started first on the marketing and sales side of things. I grew up in a small business and I mean, I was building websites before I was even a teenager. So websites, digital marketing, SEO, doing cold calls, all of that was something I got introduced to really early on and I loved it. However, whenever I went to get a degree, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to go into business, but that's not really a degree in itself. And everyone said, hey, uh, accounting is the language of business. And so if you know that you want to do something in business, especially if you are interested in entrepreneurship, which was something I was fascinated with from a really young age, then maybe you should look at accounting. And so I took my first accounting class. I loved it. And with that, I ended up getting my master's in accounting. I took the CPA exam. And as part of that, I had to go work and fulfill the working requirements to actually get my license. So I'd pass the test. Now I needed to go work. And it's probably a little bit untraditional, but even when I was working, I thought, okay, I like what I do, but it's not something that I see myself doing long-term. And I didn't necessarily have a plan of where I would go until my journey really led me to discover when I would talk to the senior managers, especially the partners, and I would talk to them about like what they liked about their job or what they didn't. And a lot of times they would talk about marketing and business development and how it was something that they didn't necessarily feel like they were equipped with the skills for, um, or it wasn't their most favorite part of their job. 
And so I started thinking about this and I noticed, okay, I have a hypothesis. If accountants at these big firms are feeling this way, what does this mean for all the accountants out there at even the smaller firms? And this thought process eventually led me to leaving public accounting, starting my company and seeing if, hey, can we make something out of this where we just work with accountants or those that serve accountants? So like fintech companies, uh, specialty tax credit firms, can we make a career out of this? And lo and behold, it's been an amazing ride. We work with some of the best firms out there. Uh, some they're in the top 100. Some are smaller. We have some firms we work with where there's just one or two partners. And it's such a blessing. And I'm so grateful to get to do something that I love every single day. So interesting and inspiring, honestly, to others as they look at their career journey and where they want to go. Because you married really skills that don't necessarily always go together, right? And so I find that fascinating. I'm just curious because we hear a lot of times that people take their first accounting course and they're like, I love it. I really. So what did you find interesting? Was it the professor? Was it just how they taught some of the concepts or what really kind of hooked you? Yeah, that's a great question. I definitely had a wonderful professor. We actually learned about debits and credits playing monopoly of all things. And like how you had to, you know, every time you pass go and you collect $200, it was like, you got to record it um, in record the journal entries. And so it was a great way to like learn accounting. And that professor was so creative, but I love too how everything balanced. So I'm someone who I do like getting to an exact answer and I love Sudoku puzzles. It's kind of like that. However, I still have that creative side of my brain that was looking for something else along the way too. You say the um, Monopoly game, because I was at a um, conference this last week. One of the high school teachers, she does a Monopoly game, but it's kind of geared towards their community. And so she has businesses that are in that community and the students play that. So um, yeah, it gets them an interest in, like you said, business. And then accounting is the language of business. So kind of all ties together. That's a fascinating story. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's always interesting like where people start out and then where they end up. And I think that's something I've learned working with a lot of firm owners. I know as I was going through school and getting my CPA exam, I, what I envisioned that accountants can do was really actually super limited. I didn't know that there were so many different career paths you could go down. And so that's something that I wish I knew about and just was aware of how many options you truly have as an accountant. Even though I'm not your traditional CPA today, I would do the same track all over again. It's been absolutely invaluable, not only to get to work with other accountants and be able to you know, understand what pain points they have, what pain points their clients have, and be able to effectively communicate those through their marketing materials, but also as like a business owner. When I when people said accounting is the language of business, they weren't kidding. I feel like I have such a leg up that I'm so grateful for when running a business, just being able to like, okay, understand the PL, understand the balance sheet, even working with companies in their marketing, it's like these are data-driven decisions. And 
the data ties back to your P&L and your balance sheet. And so all of that's super fundamental to understand. You've given us, Katie, a lot of good social posts out there because we're trying to communicate as well through our rebrand, which I want to talk to you a bit about. Um, just some of that, the unlimited opportunities. You can go wherever you want to go. Um, entrepreneurship. There's just so many elements, as you said, in the fundamental um, concepts that um, you've given us a lot of good messaging. So thank you for that. And I would say to our listeners, if you know of students out there, you know, candidates, please share kind of Katie's wisdom here with them because there is a journey and they can tailor the journey to really anything they, they want. Right. So um, great, great words of wisdom, Katie. Thank you so much for sharing that. So maybe we can talk a bit about branding because we too just rebranded and we have a message that's um, kind of keys into those unlimited opportunities, but also um, it's fresh, it's energetic. Tell us from your perspective, really why brand is so important for firms, organizations, and also individuals. And kind of what are those concepts that you communicate when you're talking to these um, different entities? So a lot of times people hear the word brand and they start thinking about our logo, our color palette, our tagline, and those are important, but your brand is so much bigger than those. It's really that emotional and psychological relationship that you have with the outside world, the people that are interacting with you. And so it's that promise you make and the expectations you set regarding the quality, the reliability the trustworthiness of what you are offering. So for firms and organizations, that trust, it's essential. And your brand is a direct reflection of that trust. So it communicates who you are, what you stand for, um, what people can expect when interacting with you. And when I start thinking about brand for firms or organizations, especially in the service space, your brand is really the sum of all the people's brands underneath it. So when we talk about branding and individuals, it's crucial not just for the individual, but for the firm or organization itself, because all of those individual brand, all of those individual people, they all play into this brand as a whole. And when you think about today in the digital age, every single person should place value in building their brand. So not just to contribute to that wider brand that your organization holds because you're a part of it, but because of what it can do for you and who you can impact. So whether you're posting on LinkedIn or you're publishing an article or you're attending a networking event, all of these things add up. And as a result, you're going to repel or attract more of what you want. So maybe you are a firm owner and you want to attract new clients. Your brand absolutely can help. Or maybe you want to find new staff. Or maybe you are listening to this and you're like, you know what? I'm looking for a new job. That brand that you go out and you develop, that can help you do that. Or maybe you want to get on a podcast like this. If you aren't actively building your brand, then you're not in the driver's seat. You have a brand but you aren't controlling that narrative. And so taking a step back, whether you're an organization, you're a firm owner, you're a staff member, it doesn't matter where you're at in your journey, but think about, okay, what is my brand now? And where do I want to go with that? And then how can I communicate that 
because it's going to play a big part in you getting to where you want to go. That's right. I really like when you say you're going to repel or attract, right? I think just thinking about that when you communicate or you have a message is really important and that where you want to go and showing up. When I, I think about, I mean, you can think about that, like you said, organizationally or individually. When we did our rebrand, one of our brand promises really, um, Cal CPA is a leadership that the profession needs for change and the knowledge and connections you, you meaning the members need for what's next. So in our minds, like you said, Katie, when we think about our messaging and what we're doing, it's all about leading and helping our members and the profession be on the forefront, right? So think and the attracting and, and, and repelling. So if everyone thinks that, um, what would just be a like the two top tips you could give an individual or a firm organization on how they start down this road? So I think it starts with defining like what, what is it that you want that promise to be, that vision? And once it's defined, it's like, okay, how are we going to get people aligned with it and bring them along with us on this journey of what we're trying to do or who we're trying to impact, what we're trying to create in this world? Because when we really think about brands and promises, it's not just one person that it takes to accomplish something great. It takes a whole bunch of people. And so just having the vision, that's important, but getting people aligned with it that's a whole nother step that you have to be thinking about. Kind of the momentum that you need to create right around that. Exactly. Good tips there. Um, you know, we talk about, and you probably talk about a lot, recruitment and retention for the profession. I mean, we, I talk about it every day, the pipeline. And so just curious, um, you believe technology is the new key to talent retention. So maybe you can talk a bit more about that. And kind of how you see that weaving in and connecting into your work and then into um, really just the future of the profession. Yeah, so technology is definitely a key. It's not the only key. But uh, Flowcast has actually conducted and gathered research around this. And if you aren't familiar with Flowcast, anyone listening, it's a technology solution uh, that helps accountants close their books faster and has some other things that it helps with. Uh, but they've done a bunch of research to try to figure out um, about like what is keeping accountants in their jobs today? What are they wanting to know about when they're switching jobs? And technology has come up time and time again. It's actually something that people ask about in interviews a lot. And it makes sense because when it comes down to the crux of what accountants really want today, it's that they want fulfilling jobs. And when you think about having a fulfilling job, this means you're not working absurd hours year round. Like, sure, you might have some crazy weeks here and there, depending upon where you're working or uh, what type of work you're doing, but it doesn't have to look like this 24-7. And they also want to move, accountants want to move into more leadership positions, help organizations that they're working with or for. Uh, they want to help them advance. And having the right technology can really support them doing this. It can help them move out of the more mundane grind, if you want to call it, and move up into that more leadership strategic advisor position. And so, yeah, technology is a huge key because if we start thinking about, you know, 
more less time working, more fulfilling roles. All of those things are huge in us getting there. We have to have the right technology to do this. And so it's something that all organizations should be thinking about is, okay, how can we use the right technology to support our people in having more fulfilling roles? Now, the, the balance is its true. You have to have that balance and the technology can help you get there. So what would you suggest to those who have a harder time leaning in to really technology and to being, sometimes it's being uncomfortable, right? That you have to just dive in a bit. What would you suggest, um, maybe someone, how they change their mindset or think differently about this in order to kind of dive in? Yeah, so change is hard. It's hard for everyone. But when you start to look at the pain of change versus the pain of inaction, you usually find your answer. So there's always a poison. You just get to choose. And if changing to a new technology is difficult in the short term, but long term, it not only helps support your current employees, it helps you attract better ones. It keeps people happy long term. Then there's a pretty clear answer. It's just a matter of when and how can we make this the least painful as possible? So getting a plan in place, having support to make that change that can help that process a lot. I like that when you said you get to choose your poison <laughs> because it's it's true, right? It's better to choose that than it is to have it thrust upon you. So if you can have, you know, if you can be part of that, it's um, it always is a lot easier <laughs> for sure. That's, that's a good thing to think about. Um, social media, I mean, we all know how important that is. Everybody's on social media, whether it be TikTok or X or Instagram, LinkedIn. I mean, you choose whatever your um, your passion is there. But social media is really key and important to communicating and influencing and Im- having an impact. So you mentioned that there's in other interviews, that there's four types or sectors of content. Can you share with us um, kind of your thoughts on that and how CPAs can apply them kind of in their influence and in their outreach? Yeah, so I think about content really in four different buckets. Uh, One, you have your more branded content, and this is a little bit more personal. It's kind of like your journey, um, impactful moments in your life, times that you've changed your thought process, big shifts, your why, Maybe you're sharing some things about like your hobbies outside of work. These are the types of uh, pieces of content that are going to connect really with your audience on that really human to human level. Then you have your educational content. So this is what you see a lot of like tips, teachings, action steps. Uh, You'll see from accountants like a lot of like tax advice, tax savings tips. That's the second type of content. And then I think about professional content. And this is more like, okay, what's going on in the industry? Um, Are there changes that are going to impact you, your organization, your clients? Uh, Maybe what's going on in your office? Are you involved in community outreach or uh, programs going on in your community? You could have testimonials. Um, So professionals type three. And then finally, you have your monetization content. And this is the content where people are asking others to book a call with them or sign up for something. Uh, It's really about monetizing your audience in some way. And when you think about these four categories, it's important to note you can have a blend of these categories within a singular piece of content. So 
you know, maybe you're sharing a testimonial about how you helped a client save on taxes and you talk about the three big strategies that you helped implement. So here it's like you have a testimonial that's more of like professional content, and then you have some educational content mixed in uh, that's actually like teaching your audience about these three strategies. So is it, you said there's a blend. Is there a blend that you use more often or any tips on how someone can kind of navigate using those four pieces most efficiently or effectively? The main thing you want to think about, there's not a perfect balance. However, there is something to note that you don't want to be just having that monetization type content. So a lot of times if you are an organization leader or um, you're responsible for business development, maybe you're a firm owner, everyone's seen those posts where it's basically like we're open for business, we're taking on clients. That doesn't build that connection with your audience. And so making sure that you are using those not sparingly to the point that people don't know what you do. It's fine to ask people to take those actions, but have a blend. Make sure that you have some branded content there. You have some educational content uh, and you have some professional content. So just being thoughtful and mindful of when you are using that more monetization selling type content. And it doesn't have to be selling like selling in a sense of selling your services, but monetization can even be like sign up for our webinar. If you are an organization, if people just constantly are being asked to do something from you, they're once again, they're not going to connect with you. The connection creating that, that relationship I think is key, no matter if you're a firm organization or individual, right? It's, it's being able to have, have that piece to build on as you kind of move forward. 100%. Yeah. Which takes time. And we, sometimes we don't want take time. So it's a conflict sometimes just because you're doing, you're leading an organization. Um, you just went out and, and did something really different. How, what do you really, what are your attributes for leading or leadership? What would you advice would you give our listeners to say, you know, here's kind of what you have to think about when you think about being out there and leading. Cause I, I would say everyone leads no matter what position they have. But what advice would you give them? Yeah, so I agree with you. Everyone leads. It's not a matter of a title. Um, It's really about a set of characteristics. And the more common characteristics that we talk about around leadership are you're empathetic, you're courageous, you have a good vision, you communicate well. And those are all important. But if you're to take a step back I think it's important to think about like who are the leaders that you follow and why do you follow them? Like what is it about them? And I know for me when I reflect on my journey, the leaders that I've really been inspired by or even worked for, it's they did certain things. Like for example, I had a senior manager I really looked up to uh, when I worked in public accounting. And the things he did was he like, he really believed in me and he pushed me to do better every single day. He would give me assignments that I were, they were a little bit out of my comfort zone, but he knew I could do it. And so like, I would step up and rise to the occasion. And he'd also be okay with me making mistakes and learning from those mistakes. So I think that as you are working to become a better leader, like 
definitely go take the leadership classes, listen to the leadership podcast, but also think about like your favorite leaders and like what they did to really, you know, have you follow them. It probably wasn't a title because I know for me, the most inspirational leaders, it's definitely not just because they had that senior manager title. Yeah, that's, you can't just get the title and then zap, you're a leader. (laughs) It's, you have to earn it. It's an, I, I always think it's a honor and it's a gift. And if you're entrusted with leading a group, then, I mean, that's, you have to really take that to heart because it is a gift. Yeah, absolutely. So what is, I just curious, a personal question, because you're inspirational, you have a lot of energy. What is your, how do you get unstuck or how do you stay inspired every day? So I don't think anyone's inspired every single day. I think a lot of it comes down to habits. And so my habits are what really keep me consistent. For example, I know that once a week, I'm going to go live on social media, for example. And sure, I might not feel like it on my calendar when it says, hey, it's time for your live session. But because I have the habit and I have discipline around that, I'm going to show up. And a lot of times once you show up, to the thing, whether that is like this live recording, or maybe it's a weekly meeting that you have, or maybe it's going to your gym class. Uh, once you show up, usually it's great and it's fine. And you get energy from doing whatever that thing is that you didn't want to go do. So I think a lot of it comes down to just having good habits and having discipline And I will say the last thing there is there's nothing worse than breaking the promises you make to yourself. So above all, if you say you're going to do something, follow through for yourself. It matters. That's a good, wow, that's a good way to end. It really is. Keep the promises that you make to yourself. It's really important. And that discipline piece is probably what you get from the, I know that I get that from the CPA, just what we had to do to get to where we're at. Um, but that's, that's important. And I, I do think sometimes like I can't do this or I don't, I don't have the energy, but once I do it, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so worthwhile. Yeah. So many times you're like, I'm so glad I did that. Why was I, you know, dreading it? Yeah. That's really so much good advice, Katie. I really appreciate you being on the podcast today and, and sharing with us. And I would say, look Katie up. I know you're very open to have conversations and have people link into you on social. So I would say, and we'll share some of the um, kind of elements that you provided that were really from a content perspective have been great. And um, just connect with Katie because she's got a lot of advice to share and um, just very influential, I would say. Thanks, Denise. That's so kind of you. And thanks for having me on today. Rise and Stride is produced by the California Society of Certified Public Accountants. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And if you enjoy the show, leave us a rating and review. To learn more, visit calcpa.org.